0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for
1: hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey.
0: Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be in, an, an, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a for a few seconds I thought like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey. Then the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay <laughs> neutral. And we're like, yeah, yeah. you know
1: what? Well, you're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Night your hub for Habs content. What's going on, bud? How you doing?
0: Uh I'm not I'm not doing too well. I gotta be honest, Corey. Well you do <laughs> you do sound a little different. <laughs> uh, I do sound a little different,
1: and uh, there there is a reason for that. Well oh, let's hear it. You know, I need I need some comedy, you know. Uh you know, with what's what's going down going on down here, I can definitely use something to laugh at. Well
0: uh <clears throat> oh man. Where do I begin? Well, um, as you know, I, uh, currently I'm, I moved into my basement, into my room down there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still unpacking some stuff. There's some boxes. Uh, there's some cords and, uh, you, you know, you know, when you're like you get home, you just want to eat dinner. So you just like, you, you do a grocery style, like take one trip and hold like eight things. Yeah. Well, uh I... I <laughs> no bag I had, left behind? Yeah, no man left behind, exactly. I uh had my mic on. I was getting ready to record. I brought my fucking beautiful steak dinner with a side of carrots and some, like, potatoes gravy. Had that in one hand. I had my mac in the other. Had my water balanced on my arm. And, you know, I gracefully made down... Two flights of stairs from the top of my house to the basement, rounded a corner, got through the door, and in my moment of glory, <laughs> I fucking caught my foot on my lamp cord, the power cord, <laughs> and fucking ate shit Star Wars ATAT Walker like the fucking oh, hoth no. around around my legs and just base planted into my desk. Jesus, and- son. The steak. How's the, you know, the potatoes like?
1: like... Oh, they're, they cost baked off. The dogs ate well today. Oh, fuck. At least, you, at least it's not a carpet. You know, like, at least it's not just it like. Carpet. just carpet. Oh, dude. You better get them dogs in there like quick. Like, if that shit, oh, if that shit sets, oh, man, it's like having candle wax. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so not only did I lose my steak, my beautiful steak dinner, I snapped my fucking, I snapped the headphones and I snapped the USB converter. Oh. So now I'm just using a normal Mac laptop audio. So, yes, suffice to say my
1: audio is going to be shit today. And I it's, apologize to all of us. It's not the worst. I've heard the worst before. And it's not that bad. I, you don't sound like a fucking robot like me when I was out of town. And uh, so, I mean, that that's good. I just feel bad. It sounds like you had, like, at least, you know, USD, maybe, like, a $17 dinner coming down the stairs that you might have had, like, maybe 6 $7 of it left. Your dogs ate the rest, and, you know, you just blew apart maybe a $70 equipment, you know, set of equipment. <laughs> so, you know, you're in a hole.
0: You <laughs> know when you, like, you're at work, I worked five five a m to one thirty p m today it's lit, yeah, you know when you're at work and like all day, the only thing that gets you through your shift is like you're gonna come home, you're gonna eat your like beautiful dinner that you know you have planned, you're just gonna like chill, and then the whole thing got fucking ruined, and i've I've gotta
1: say like <laughs> my day's not going too well. But I've broke many a dish in my life. And I don't mean just, like, I just dropped the dish, but, like, the food will fall off the dish, and I just fucking throw the, throw the dish on the ground. But, like, that's also, like, I worked in a kitchen, like, for the most, you know, for the majority of my life. Uh, so, like, you know, like, I get it. I would smoke a blunt, go make myself a steak, go outside, step awkwardly, lose my fucking steak, throw the fucking plate on the ground, go back inside, cook myself another plate, Uh, you know, another steak. Like, just try to... And there's like that
0: brief moment, you kind of like everything goes slow motion as you realize that <laughs> your fucking meal that you've spent half an hour making, <laughs> just tumbling to the floor. And you Dude, just you also go like,
1: <laughs> you also like peeled your fucking scalp back on your desk. Like Man, I'm lucky I didn't like kill myself. It was like a little dent in your forehead. Welcome to the
0: latest episode. brings sad news as Mason Dixon has eaten shit and killed himself while trying to carry a load of steak and water down the stairs.
1: Jesus. Man. Uh, Also, dude, like, I've never been in a basement. Yeah, we don't have basements. Like, everything's raised down here. We have attics, which I'm sure you guys have, like, both. Like, you're like an Oreo. Like, your attic would be, like, the outer shell and your basement would be up, you know? the bottom shelf and the house would be like, you know, the cream field center. Yeah. We don't have basements. Cause like, you know, shit <laughs> just like, now that you
0: say it, it makes sense. But that's just- like,
1: I, like I, I couldn't like, I couldn't break it down on this podcast why we don't have them because like, for some reason, like I'm having like a serious brain fart, but like we flood, you know? So like, that would just be like a fucking no, you know, like that would be a big disaster to have anything in a basement down here. Like, I'm sure your foundation wanted to just get, like, absolutely destroyed.
0: Like, no, it makes total sense. I'm just, like,
1: puzzled. Dude, I've never... Yeah, like, I've never been in a basement. That blows my fucking mind.
0: I mean, you're not even... I'm not... I
1: guess that is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I've smoked many of, like, many of joints and shit in, like, an attic. In fact, like, I had a friend, like, not step on... The wood and like stepped right through the fucking like sheetrock and shit. <laughs> I had a foot dangling in my friend's house. Like that, you know, that's hilarious. But like, I, I can truly say, like, you know, like growing up, like I've never been in a basement. Like, so like one day I'd love to be in a basement. You know, that's I, <laughs> that, that's a Louisiana problem. You know,
0: like
1: I've never seen a basement before. <laughs> Man, I when
0: I was like fucking eight years old. We are re uh, at my old house, we were fucking re shingling the roof because it's like all rotted out and shit. I don't, I don't know, it was an old fucking house. And my my dad, being my father, decided, you know, because you know, dads want to show their kid how to do shit, decides to bring an eight year old up onto the roof and help him shingle. Okay. Oh, yeah. On a rotten, you know, like the the wood is literally rotting, like re roofing the building. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah why don't we bring my son up here? My mom was like, I already know, like, I don't know this for sure. I'm eight. You already know my mom was like, if he falls off this roof, you are dead. And I get up there, king of the world, vibing, looking over like my little town of 300 people, thinking like, damn, I am the king. Uh, Five (laughs) minutes in. I start, you know, my dad's reshingling. I'm eight. I'm probably just not helping at all. I'm probably more of a nuisance. And, uh, I thought it would be really smart if I jumped. It's a little, you know how like garages are a little like lower than the like elevated part of the roof, like by yeah. like a foot or two. Well, I thought it'd be really smart if I just jumped from one to the other. Oh, so yeah. I, I think I, 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 my memory is very hazy. I I might not. My memory is I jumped and when I went, when I should have landed, there was a little brief moment of resistance and then just a lot of falling <laughs> as i went <thought, laughs> through the fucking roof fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like barely held on i was like dangling through the ceiling my mom's losing her mind yeah almost We almost lost Mason at a very young age
1: But I fell off I fell off of my dad's roof as a kid too I don't know what age I was But he was putting up Christmas lights And I like went up the ladder (laughs) And I just remember I just like Like started to walk towards the uh, You know because it's like slanted So I started to walk towards the end And I remember just like I just started like Picking up speed and shit So like I didn't know what to do So I figured if I like tried to, like, fall on, like, my my butt, I would, like, you know, stop. Like, I figured, like, you know, <laughs> I would grip. And all I did was, like, I gripped for, like, a second, you know, because, like, my coat clothes caught on, like, uh, you know, the shingles. Because we have, like, those – we don't have, like, those the terracotta ones. Like, it's, like, that sandpaper bullshit. It's, so like, my clothes stuck for a second. But just my – you know, like, my clothes – but like my the momentum of my body swung, so like I turned sideways and just started rolling, and I fucking rolled to the edge, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> and I fucking dangled there for a second. And I mean, it wasn't that far of a drop, uh, considering I was I was like I I got like my height rather early, so like it wasn't that big of a fall. But like I fell on like the the boxes for like the Christmas ship. There was nothing in it, but, like, I just destroyed, like, a shitload of cardboard, and I was just, like, laying there. My fucking dad beat the absolute shit out of me. (laughs) You fucking idiot. Like, they made sure I was, like, fine first, and then just fucking just went to town. And I don't know. It was, like, something funny between, like, my grandparents and shit, because, like, we we used to watch... uh, christmas vacation a lot so like when clark yeah. is like falling off the fucking roof they would just look at me and just fucking laugh like <laughs> i feel
0: like you haven't had a very good childhood if you haven't fallen off of it a qualification or a tree or something Man, one, near so,
1: death oh. Go ahead. one near death experience as a child is required right um, after the storm, when everything was like, you know, like abandoned and shit, we used to go to a win Dixie that was down the road that we would skate, we would skate at, and, um, uh, we would go and just like climb up to the fucking roof and just chill up there. And that shit gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> like, it was, there's no surviving that fucking fall. It's not like, the, you know, the house in Araby. <laughs> I mean, I guess, should we like start talking about hockey? Yeah, that was, that was the intro. So let's get into it. Uh, You know we couldn't we couldn't be saved. You know we had we had to get hurt, but uh, you know Jeff Molson ended up saving somebody. So you know, like, let's just go straight into that. Like, how fucking crazy is that? Did this happen
0: like this morning? I believe it happened Saturday. So yesterday, Global Montreal, um, essentially in Lake Massawippi in North Hatley. I'm going to assume that is some name. That's how
1: I was going to pronounce it. So Native American
0: indigenous name um a pilot in his late 60s was flying flying his plane I'm, I'm guessing i don't know if it was a i don't specify if it was like one of those water you know those water yeah planes.
1: it's a uh, it was a small seaplane, so i'm guessing it's like you know like a one maybe two seater i'm not a plane person but i'm sure you can you know like it's like a one two seater type of plane you know yeah no
0: um Buddy at my cottage, one of our neighbors used to have one, too. They're, like, really they, – they look – you'd expect them to be much bigger than the guy, let's say that. They're actually very, very small. Right. Um, yeah, but he, I guess, he just lost control, crashed it. And they said that um, – Molson said, in quote, I was going to get gas, and on my way to get gas, I saw this plane that came on the mountain. I did not realize it was going to land on the lake. All of a sudden, a few seconds after we saw it we go overhead, North we Hatley were waving at me, telling me someone crashed. Going to crash. I'm gonna assume he was in a boat. I don't really. I'm, i think that's a fa- fair assumption. Yeah, he's and in a boat. Yeah, he just ripped over there with his son, um, dragged the guy out of the plane, made sure there was no one else, and yeah, Jeff Molson literally saved
1: the dude's life. That's like, crazy. What blows my mind is that it's like. It's it's not just that he saved him like it was like within seconds of it like crashing like homie was just like out on the boat and was just like <laughs> like like imagine just being out with your son on a fucking lake and just a fucking plane like this is like 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 Disney remaking the movie Hatchet you know like <laughs> like you just see a fucking plane fall out the fucking sky and Molson just happened to be like right there like. Uh, So, like, the guy didn't have any broken bones, but, like, Molson said that he was, like, bleeding all over the place and shit like that. But um, they got him on the boat. He was a little disoriented. um, And I guess there was somewhere that was, like, relatively known because there was, like, uh, first responders were, like, very close. So, like, all he had to do was get him on the boat, which was, uh, like, I guess as fast as, like, NASCAR pit you know, like, the pit crew would, like, change your tires. Like, Molson had him in the boat and was, like, already, like, heading to, fucking, the dock or whatever.
0: He you must know? have had a tough, fucking, like, to get him out of a crashed boat, cause, not boat, sorry, plane, because you assume it's sinking. I'm gonna guess he probably got cut
1: and scratched and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he, like, you know, I can't, I can't imagine, like, the, the cockpit seat to be big. And I'm sure he, like, ragdolled in that small-ass little Contained area, like hardest spot, you know. Either he that or I'm have, not, I didn't. I didn't see anything about it, but he could have been, you know, like he could have flew out of the fucking plane and into the water.
0: Yeah, I I think he was still in the plane. I think that's what the article said. But if you've ever like jumped off of a dock and done a belly flop, like water. Water is liquid, but it doesn't give as much as you think it would. You know, that, that smack, that hurts. Can you imagine driving a couple-ton plane at, what do you want to say, like 120 kilometers an hour? I don't know how
1: fast planes go, to be honest with you, but yeah, dead no on straight. Like, oh I'm not God. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I, sure, I'm sure it just like fucking straight up like toothpick right into it. Like Oh, Definitely. But, yeah, incredible.
0: And, you know, it might be because he's so used to
1: handling the game, but Jeff Olson was pretty
0: pretty fucking nonchalant about it. Just kind of like, yeah, I don't consider myself a hero. <laughs> he said anyone would do that. I'm sure he's, most people would do that, but just the way he talked about it was like, oh, yeah, just another day in the life of Jeff Molson. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Just like, hey, um, not only did he crash into the lake, uh, he was instantly rescued onto you know Canadian Canada's like most expensive yacht, you know uh, <laughs> probably was awarded like a fucking premier Canadians jersey, you know probably pre-signed like you know shit like that like <laughs> like all because fucking Jeff Molson was just out with his son just like shooting the shit.
0: Yeah, that no, it it's incredible, and
1: I guess you can't really question the character of Jeff Molson. Now I know I don't know if anyone ever has, but. <laughs> Right, no. We kind of, we kind of like, joked about this, you know, a little bit. But, I mean, like, dude, because it's, it's just a little, like, insane. But, like, Jeff Molson just straight up saved a fucking 60-year-old man, like, yesterday morning. We're, we're laughing about it, but not, like, joking about yeah, it. Yeah, no, like, I'm not, like, like, yeah, that 60-year-old man just, like, got, like, a DUI, basically. <laughs> like, you know, like. No, no, we're just baffled. It's crazy. Like, all over Twitter, like like, you don't – I, guess, I mean, I'm sure like shit sure, like this happened in like the world, but it's so crazy that it just happens to be the fucking, for us, the Montreal Canadiens owner, you know, just within seconds saves a man, you know, like yeah. that's making Montreal look even cooler, you know, so kudos to yeah, Jeff
0: that, uh, Yeah. We wish that man a speedy recovery. Um, it seems like he's going to be fine. No broken bones or anything, just some cuts. Uh, Probably a pretty fucking shitty insurance claim on that plane, I would guess. But, you know, he got out with his life, and that's what's important. And, uh, yeah, wishing him the best in recovery. Uh, moving on to some more hockey-related stuff, though. Like, that that's kind of office and fan stuff there. But uh, recent acquisition, because I know that people are probably waiting for us to talk about it. Joel Edinson, uh, what do you think?
1: Um, First off, we it, it was free, you know, like – we gave him a fifth-round pick for something we needed. Granted, it's like it's not the a top-end, you know, left-handed defenseman, but we definitely need a left-handed defenseman, and why not, you know, until we see one that is so important for our, our you know, our roster to get, why not just pick up a, a, a solid guy? Now, granted, analytics says it was the worst year of his career, but statistically – This was his best year uh, as far as offense. I mean, he was – it's crazy to say that and then follow it up with – it was a 20-point high, you know, season for this guy. But, um, I mean, I think this is big. You know, like I don't see him playing any big minutes. I don't see him having a big role in defense. But definitely helps us out on the left-handed defenseman aspect. I can see him playing on the third line. You know, maybe – my only problem is that we have so much – talented defensemen in our, you know, just in our pool. But we don't have lefties that are up and coming, you know. Uh, I, I don't mean up and coming. I mean, like, I mean, like, maybe, like, ready to go right away. Other than, you know, who you who and about. But um, I just well, think that it's, it's, a, it's a solid pickup. We had defensive injuries this season. So, I think, I mean, the guy – we're probably going to offer him like three years. I said on Twitter, uh, probably like 2.85. He was, his last contract was 2.75. So I'd put him somewhere around there. You know, I don't see them giving him 3 million. I don't think he's, I mean, that's rather cheap, but I just don't see him, us giving Joel Edmondson that much money. I think you'd have to earn that. And I think this is a good team for him to earn something like that. We're a team full of, non all stars that can play like all stars when we come together. So let's see what he can do, dude. I'm I'm excited, you know?
0: I mean I I agree with what you're saying for sure. Um I think this is a um a very unique moment which we don't we usually agree on most topics, but I'm gonna actually
1: have to um I'm gonna have to disagree. That's a little rude. Bit. That's fucking – that's so rude with your fucking Audio with your MacBook audio.
0: <laughs> I know
1: I, I'm doing it, sounding like a fucking robot. I'm fucking. No, you're okay. It's not
0: bad. Avengers Editing.
1: And- I'll, I'll edit for an extra hour tonight.
0: <laughs> um, I'll start with positives. Okay. Okay. Very. The number one most positive thing about this, you know, I think the greatest asset Joe Edmundson has is the fact that he used his day with the Stanley Cup to eat poutine out of it. So he is okay. the most. Montrealer, you know, player ever that is fucking amazing. Big props, love you ten times more. Um, like you said, solid defenseman. Um, Tom Franklin of the St. Louis Blues, Blues Notes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, he sung his praises and analytically, yes, he was pretty shit this year analytically. Um, we cite analytics a lot on this podcast because I do think they are important. So on that note, I do think that. Joel Edmondson is at his very peak a second pairing defenseman. Um, I think he'll most likely be a third pairing guy. Um, I do also think that with Kulak and Petrie's, you know, newfound chemistry, I don't think there's really a spot for him on the third pairing. I think or the second pairing. So I think Kulak's either gonna go or we're gonna see more moves here. Um I think we've both established that. This is the first in a long list of moves from Mark Um, So, personally, just based on that, the fact that we have Romanov coming up, we have Mete. I think there's a logjam for that third pairing defenseman spot on the left D. And I just, I have no issues with the move. I think a fifth round draft pick for the rights to a Stanley Cup champion and a guy who's going to contribute is a solid NHLer. Is not an issue. I do think Montreal needs a bigger upgrade on lefty. I think we need a top pairing left-hand defensive guy. Um, I just think, I do think that's important. I do think it's an area we still need to address. I think we're just adding more flooring to our team, which is, you know, it's great, great foundation. The floor is essential, but you also need a very higher, we need a higher ceiling and our ceiling is high. We just need, we want it a little higher. We want a little more room, you know, um, but I will sing praise onto Joel Edmondson. He started his career playing with Alex Petrolangelo, won a championship in St. Louis, was part of a great defensive core in Carolina. I don't think this deal in any which way hurts Montreal. I think it's another stingy opportunity for Mark Bergevin to acquire talent at a very low-risk, high-reward factor because I think Montreal has had, since Bergevin's tenure, Three players from the fifth round or lower play. One of them was Charles Houdon, one's Jake Evans, and one's Kane Primo. Um, Charles Houdon, we've seen how it worked out. Um, Jake Evans is looking like he's going to be our fourth line center. Kane Primo is going to be the goalie of the future, but that is with 25 selections, 25 plus. So the rate of players that succeed in the fifth round and below is very low. So I really do think that this is a very good low risk, high reward feel for Mark Bergeron. That being said, I think I'm usually pretty – I have very high hopes, and I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back and say, yes, this is a great move. I think this is the small move. I think there's something bigger coming in terms of maybe we're going to flip Edmondson, maybe we're going to flip Kulak for a, for a left-wing, right-wing scorer. And I just – I have no issues with the move, but do not think that this is Mark
1: Bergeman's big off-season move because I assure you it's not. What I take from it is, so, like, you know, we brought in Romanoff. We're going to – we absolutely ate one of his years, you know, bringing him in. Um, I think bringing Joel Emmonson in, first off, you get a – you know, granted, he might not be the fucking best. He's no Shea Weber, you know, but you got a guy who's won the cup. So, now you have a – a guy that has that bit of veteranness on the defense. And having Joel Edmondson there also allows us to give Romanov his time that he needs. We believe that he's ready, you know, but let's say he comes out and we have a moment like KK, you know, needs a little bit more time. You have someone like Joel Edmondson who's not the best, but can, is definitely capable, a great depth pickup. Can come out there and really burden that that small role until if if Romanov has a hiccup and needs a needs some time, you know, like it's allowing us to make sure that Romanov is absolutely ready. And I think that's a great point. I, I think that with... I think thank you, thank you. You know, I have I have moments of genius, <laughs> you know, um, but I I think that van looked at it like that. We ate one year of Romanov, so we need to make sure that he is as ready as he can be to play and having someone at, like Joel Edmondson, who's only going to take up 2.75, like the least, I mean, fuck truthfully. I mean, you, we don't know wild card can drop him down to two, five and Joel Edmondson might just take it just to still have a career, you know, granted he's only 26, but I think this is a good pickup for that simple reason that I just stated. And I mean, I know that you truthfully want, you know, uh, Michigan born, uh, player Tory Crew, as as you know, your awesome. your, your offensive oh, mind and left oh, defenseman. Um, you know, but you know, maybe maybe Joel Edmondson is the key until we can lock him. Uh, Tory Crew, you know, I'm just kidding. I don't want Tory Crew either. But you know, once I found out that that was just a little button I could push, man, it's like the Selkie know over again. You know, oh oh fuck. <laughs> I didn't even have these in the uh, notes. Me, I didn't even have this in the notes. How does Couturier win the
0: fucking Selkie? You want me going on about this while I have a shitty-ass fucking mic?
1: Is that what you want, Corey? Dude, like, the... the. Come on, Corey. Use your smart smartness, right? We want... Like, it, it's like a good metal album, right? The best albums, the first album's always really shitty because the quality's bad. But the like the passion is there, so that's what this is. You know, this is like a a very undeveloped album of like a really dope, you know, fucking progressive metal band. So let's hear it. Let's hear your take. This hot take of Sean Couturier's undeserving selkie win. I mean, how do you how do (laughs) how do you win with those two in front of you? uh I I don't know where to start. Okay. Dude, if you need a full episode to fucking come back with like a kangaroo court, like if you need to write it down, so be it. We'll pause this right now. But if you can go in right now, I say I say let it roll, dude. I have been saying
0: since the very fucking start of the year that Philip Deneau deserves a Selkie nomination. He's my Selkie winner. Okay? I, we established that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so fucking mad, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fuck! But I knew from the very start that um, the likelihood that, that he was going to get snubbed, okay? I accepted this. I understood it. It still pissed me off. I knew he was going to get snubbed. But the actual fact that not only Sean Couturier won the Selkie, he won it handily. Like, there was no competition. But you have fucking Anthony Sorelli, Ryan O'Reilly, and Patrice Bergeron ahead of Philip Deneau. Patrice one came second. What, what did he do defensively this year? He didn't do anything. Anthony Sorelli, I know he's a good defensive forward, but you can't tell me Sorelli was a better defender for Tampa Bay than Philip Deneau was for Montreal. It's just a fucking joke. Mark
1: Stone got absolutely fucked, too. He only received two first-place votes. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to bring it in, but, dude, like – you know, once people have really pushed the Mark Stone ballot and I, I you know, I watched some shit, he's definitely someone who, who, if not, you know, doesn't win it soon, it would be a, a fucking travesty if he does not win one while he's just hot. He didn't win it because he's a fucking winger. That's why. <laughs> when it comes down to it,
0: that's it, right? In re- reality, it's a fucking joke of an award. It's the reputation award. Who the fuck has done the most? Who scored the most points? That's what it is. Who's who's kind of good defensively and has scored the most points? Because Patrice Bergeron is a <laughs> hard-world player, deserved a bunch of selkies. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best defensive forwards in the modern fucking era. But he scored 56 points, 31 goals, 61 games played, had... What, a 23 plus minus on the president's trophy winning team. And he like, he didn't, if you watched him play and I watch him play a lot, cause I'm in the Atlantic division. He <laughs> wasn't Patrice Berger on this year defensively. He just wasn't. Okay. I don't have stats. I don't have analytics right now to back it up. I'm not going to try to make shit up and spew shit out of my ass. Like the way these fucking votes came in, but it is ridiculous. That he got second place or even a fucking finalist nomination for the Selkie. And Ryan O'Reilly, don't get me wrong, another great defensive forward. But the same fucking thing, man. He, he didn't do it that well this year. There are players who did it much better. Anthony Sorelli's a fucking joke. Don't even talk to me. Mark Stone and Philip Deneau got absolutely just cucked. They just got robbed. I'm not going to say Sean Couturier didn't deserve a nomination. Because he did. You know, I was pissed and I like, I don't know. I just went off when he initially got nominated. But in the end, I do think he deserved a nomination. I don't think he was the best defensive forward. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think Mark Stone should have won it. The way he's been playing in the playoffs too, I just, I think he's validated it further. I think Philip Deneau easily could have contested him for it. And I don't think many people would have been mad. But if you want to validate me bitching about how awful the vote for this austin matthews and artemi panarin each got first place votes for the fucking selkie when i have austin matthews skate past his own blue line once ever he just glides back he's not a fucking defensive forward ryan nugent hopkins got votes No one has ever accused Ryan Nugent Hopkins of being anywhere near an average defender, let alone Austin Matthews being accused of that. It's just, I don't know, Um, man. I'm 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 on
1: NBC Sports just looking at it. And uh, there was a who do you think would win? Who would you vote for? And I clicked Sean Couturier just to see where he would be at. And he's at (laughs) 43.19%. It's five percent more than Patrice Bergeron, and Ryan O'Reilly's got only got eighteen point thirty one percent of the votes. I think this is just a Philly, you know, Philly fiasco. If, if if you ask me, like, Philly like, had to pull some strings somewhere. I'm not. I I think he deserved the nomination,
0: and you know what? The fact that he won, I think, pisses me off less than the fact that Patrice Bergeron and O'Reilly got nominated.
1: What I'd like to know, which is, you know, because this was a hot take, how many how many times has the fucking third, you know, the honorable mention won the Selkie? <laughs> oh, my fucking hell. <laughs> like, dude, they legit was just like, we just need to fill a spot. And he won. <laughs>
0: it's ridiculous. I just... Brad Marchand came ninth in self-key voting. Put that in perspective. In the entire NHL, what the NHL voters have said is Brad Marchand was the ninth best defensive forward in the NHL this year. Mm. <laughs> uh, um, I, th- I can think of multiple forwards on the Montreal Canadiens roster that I would rather have on the penalty kill than Brad Marchand. It's just... I think the voting is flawed. I think it has become a best offensive defensive forward contest. Such as... And if that's the criteria, Sean Couturier still robbed Mark Stone. But I understand why he won it if that's the criteria. But that's not what the award is for. The award is for the best defensive forward. And it's the same with the Norris, I think it has turned into the best offensive defenseman award when that's just not the case. It's supposed to be the best defenseman award. And voting has become fucked, in my opinion. I just don't... I don't know how you fix it. I think the writers just completely... A little bit of fucking pie. Yeah. It it should almost just be player voted. And I know they're biased, but you know what? I don't fucking... It's ridiculous, these writers deciding just Austin Matthews whoever voted Austin Matthews as because not only did he get a Selkie vote it was for the they voted for him first he was their first ballot you should retire from writing about hockey just <laughs> retire you're done okay like you clearly have no fucking
1: idea what you were talking about I can't help but laugh dude I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. anyway uh, to lighten it up you know how about we talk about hope for the coast I think I think you should be proud of this number we're at right now I think you should talk about it
0: okay um, cooling down now
1: uh,
0: we started our uh, our drive to get money raised for housing and other repairs caused by Hurricane Laura uh, we've launched our um link at it's hope for the coast run by Habs nightly and the mo munchies podcast um we have so far raised in just over a week i believe we're at 370 um we really didn't think we we're going to raise much and this is before merch sales because our merch store just launched and we're going to get into that probably shortly after this um yes we've we've totally blown any expectations we had out of the water obviously we want to keep raising more we want to get more money to these people who really need it but I just want to express at least i do my gratitude to all the listeners or anyone who has donated any form of money any sort of relief that we can provide to these people it goes a long way and i'm just honestly super fucking proud of us and this podcast our listeners the network for what we've done in this, you know, difficult time. Obviously for a lot of the hosts and lots of the listeners, this is thousands of kilometers away. But, you know, we find it affects people like you, Corey, very personally. And you know, when you know someone, it touches you, I think, a little deeper. But for a lot of the listeners, you know, you don't know any of these people personally. You listen to me and Corey, but if you could get to know him personally, you'd fucking love him. And you know, in a way you do with this podcast, but there are people who've donated that have not listened and they just saw the link and donated. And you know, I wish I could express gratitude to them, but they're probably not listening. So I can't, but it just, I don't know. It just warms my heart a lot to know that these people are, you know, you guys, other people are out here willing to, you know, open the wallet and give a little bit of relief. To these people who really need it,
1: hell yeah, bud. This was all your ideas here, so they remember that. Um, uh, I'm excited. You know, I know. I know you said. I know you said that you were like at least I am, and I couldn't help but laugh on my side because I'm like, yeah, no, I don't give a fuck about it. It's just my community, like. <laughs> 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 um, but no, this is really sick. You know, uh, we all went into it with just expecting. You know, not much, you know, and, you know, 370 might not sound like a lot to most people, but that straight up has already, that's done so much. So at just $100, it it gives a total of 10, uh, helpers and workers, uh, all the equipment they need just, just to start gutting. And that's with respirators and stuff like that, but it gives them the materials they need to start gutting these houses and these, you know, um, businesses to to, to start to rebuild so like we're already have made a difference like 30 people are already out there with equipment that we helped fund and it's all thanks to you guys you know so big ups you know um and this is this is something i, I i've always wanted to do it you know and i'm glad that mason you know spoke up and just wanted to make a change and i i'm just happy to be a part of it and it's insane you know, it's insane to think that we didn't think of it. You know, it's something we wanted to do, but he was just like, can we just do that? And we were just like, yeah, I don't see why we can't. So it, it's all thanks to a Canadian kid. So uh, I, big ups. I, I, I can't take all the credit for, <laughs> for this. This was a
0: team effort at its goal I think. Um, I also think it's the listeners as well. You know, um, you guys deserve all the credit too. Absolutely. Made so we really appreciate that.
1: Also, Thank check you. out uh Mo Munchies, he's also a big part of this. Uh, I think his his most recent review was <laughs> in a local pizza place down here that you know, COVID has, has hit um New Orleans pretty hard. You know, um, Louisiana is going into a, what, phase three or whatever, but New Orleans is not. So, a lot of um, a lot of restaurants are closing down, like like you know, old restaurants that have been around for, for forever. But this one guy, um, that he just did. One with, uh, I feel bad that I don't know it off the top of my head, but uh, it's a little pizza company. And this guy, since he can't do it at, you know, his spot, he's doing, he's cooking the pizzas at home and then personally delivering them to people. So, like, that, that's awesome, And Mohammed was able to get in. One, try of food, which he said was excellent. And I'm a big pizza fucking nerd. So that's big for me, you know. But, uh, you know, that's his thing. He He, you know, tries to... Find people in the community that are doing big stuff, and you know, trying to just, you know, make this place a better world. And you know, he he goes beyond New Orleans, but uh, I would definitely check out Mel Munchies, pretty much as it sounds. Um, And he's on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. But uh, you did slightly mention our merch uh, website, and it happens to be up, and I'm I'm excited. You know, um, folks. Now, I know I butchered, you know, the donation uh, link, which is you can easily type in SBP and hope for the coast, and that'll reach, that'll reach the SBP donation that we have started. But now I'm going to do my best to uh, to give myself, you know, some type of credit that I'm not so much of an idiot. Um, our link for Habs Nightly merch is Habs Nightly, all one word, dot what for apparel all one word no spaces dot com I think I did a great job at that uh and you can find we have uh a small store set up right now it'll get bigger as as uh as we get more cool stuff for you guys but um this is something that we wanted to start we're glad it's up and um what we're gonna do is um uh, we're gonna hint like a little we'll probably do a giveaway soon you know so you guys uh you know, if you're interested, loyal fans, you know, buy some merch. We made it as relatively cheap as we could, you know, because we know that it's not fair to want to buy something and it'd be a little out of out of pocket, you know, out of out of range. So we did our best to keep it as close to affordability as we could. And I uh, just look forward to some fucking, you know, some giveaways coming up, you know. Yeah,
0: and for the first few weeks at least, you know, most of the proceeds are going
1: towards Hope for the Coast. So. That is right. That is right, folks. So, it, you know... It's not going into our pockets. No, <laughs> so maybe you can't straight up uh, donate to SPP, you know, Hope for the Coast, but you guys want to have a Habs nightly shirt or a hoodie or a fucking crew neck, love crew necks. Um, you know, if that's something that interests you, you can even donate through that. You know? So proceeds from that are going straight into our uh, SPP Hope for the Coast. So, you know... All the way around, you can make a difference right now for people in the coastal regions that are being affected by hurricanes, which is uh, apparently a record-breaking season right now. So, you know, every little bit counts, and I can't wait to start seeing people (laughs) wearing our clothes, you know. (laughs) And uh, on that note,
0: um, I don't know, because with my unfortunate (laughs) microphone incident, um, if there's anything else you want to discuss uh, hops-related at all.
1: Um, did you say absolutely? Oh, my God. We need to, like, fucking, like... We need to get that on, like, lock. Whatever that's called. I, I did Where not... When we say- own a word. That <laughs> a shirt's rag? coming soon. Wait. Right? That is now absolutely. in the word. Word prompt. Look at that. I'm saving that. No, uh, I have nothing else. You know, this is the short one. I'm actually um, I have work in the morning again. You know, we have a storm hitting that evening, so... You know, um, folks, y'all stay safe out there. Uh, Continue to be amazing people. Continue to follow the best hockey team in the National League. And, uh, you know, as more news comes out, can't wait to fucking share it with y'all.
0: Follow at HabsNightly. That'd be appreciated on Twitter. And at the Bayou Benders on Twitter. Also make sure to, you know, know, stay posted with what we're doing. We post the episodes. We're going to be posting giveaway links and links towards our donations just for the next few weeks and then we're going to be getting away merch giving away some other items so stay buzzed with us um on social media um there's a lot coming for us we've been quiet the last few days but the media social media is blowing up for us right now and we're gonna we're you know sitting here taking advantage of that we're, we got some stuff planned
1: so we also have two interviews linked up, so I'm not I'm not spoiling anything past that. But you know, we have yeah. some very interesting interviews coming up, so you guys are in for a treat. And if you get this man, if we if we get more followers for Habs Nightly out of pocket, I am going to buy Habs stuff, and we will give them to you guys. So let's just promote us, okay? Thank y'all so much. Y'all have a great weekend. Please follow Habs Nightly. <laughs> All right.